Well, now we're recording on the podcast. So if you're listening to the audio podcast, I hate to tell you, you missed 17 minutes because apparently I can't hit start buttons today. I will promise you this. The first 15 minutes of the show, we will re-air in some, some capacity later on and talk about, again, this top 25 and what will happen with a first place vote on the men's side. We'll also talk about the women's side coming up. Should talk about guests, shouldn't we? Coming up on today's show, tonight's show, we'll talk to Salisbury men's basketball coach Andrew Sachs. Seagulls are out to their best start in program history at 7-0, which actually surprises me. I thought they'd had better starts to seasons than that. But 7-0, they are off. And they their next game, a top 15 tilt versus Christopher Newport on Saturday at home. We'll talk to him about that. Talk also about the distractions this time of year. Student-athletes are dealing with finals or have finished finals. They're dealing with the holiday. They're dealing with time off. They're dealing with the first third of the season when you're trying to get into a groove. There's plenty of distractions around. We'll talk to all of our guests, including Coach Sachs, as they get ready for Christopher Newport, about those distractions and how they prepare. Of course, Salisbury will finish up with Christopher Newport. The next time we will see them in action will be at the D3Hoops.com Classic in Las Vegas. So a good test for us to see them beforehand. In the meantime, also coming up, North Park's head coach, Tom Slider. Speaking of distractions, as we mentioned, that crazy circle in the CCIW, if you missed it. Carroll, or North Park beat Illinois Wesleyan. Carroll beat Illinois, or North Park. How did that one go? Um, Elmhurst beat Carroll, and Illinois Wesleyan beat Elmhurst. Well, we'll talk to Coach Tom Slider about North Park's situation how the distractions are working there, how their season's off to a great start with two preseason All-Americans on the team. What does that mean for the long term this season? We're only a third of the way in for the most part, at least weeks-wise, not necessarily games-wise. Then we'll switch to women. We'll go out west. We'll head to Puget Sound. Their women off to a terrific start. A little bit of time off right now as we speak, but they just got done last week beating George Fox. That's a big win to start the uh conference tilt what does that mean though for the program is george fox down is puget sound up or is it a combination of both we'll talk to Lori, uh coach Lori payne coming up about that we'll also talk to rose holman's head coach john john pedro would join us prevo i apologize john prevo talk about their big win over bluffton on saturday they're off to a good start as well Again, apologize for not hitting the start button on YouTube and on the podcast. Thank you for joining us on Hoopsville. For those of you who missed any of what we talked about in the first 15 minutes, again, we will go back to that topic at the end of the show. If you have questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. You can join us also, by the way, on Instagram, though we don't interact on Instagram, but we do promote the show there, at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville on Instagram as well. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk to Andrew Sachs of Salisbury. What is his team up to with a big game coming up with Christopher Newport and off to their best start ever? How the Seagulls are flying right now. Are they in danger of getting those wings clipped a little bit? A tough CAC battle to come in what should be a tough CAC season. Andrew Sachs coming up. You listen to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoopsville after this. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. 
I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. We've got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you can got any questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com or join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash hoopsville. Again, apologize to all you trying to watch us on YouTube the first 10 minutes. Apparently the start button is uh, something I can't use successfully. We'll fix that now. Podcast also starting a little bit late. If you're hearing it late, no big deal. What we covered in the beginning will certainly be covered at the end. Talked about the top 25, losses in the top 25, who may garner first place votes this week and how many of them, and my thoughts on it, and really my thoughts are jumbled, so it might be good to talk about it at the end of the show again anyway. So let's get to our guests, though. Uh, when you talk about uh, Division Three basketball in the last few years, uh, the Mid-Atlantic has certainly become a far more interesting conference than it or region than it has been in many years. Had a lot of good basketball here, and one of the reasons is the CAC continues to emerge as a pretty good darn conference. The other thing about the CAC is the fact that this year could be the deepest we've seen it in a number of years. If you've been listening to the show since the beginning of the season, you've heard me say that. Christopher Newport certainly well-ranked, but Salisbury's playing well. Mary Washington could be in the mix. Don't forget about uh, St. Mary's, who's, st who's struggling a little bit here, but many will say will probably be in the mix later in the season as well. And there's good teams, there's good players elsewhere. Well, Salisbury's off to a 7-0 start, and they'll take on Christopher Newport in the first true test of how good the top of the CAC is going to be coming up on Saturday. So joining us on the City of Salem hotline 
is their head coach. Andrew Sachs says, I lose my headset, but coach, welcome to Hoopsville, and thanks for taking the time to join me. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate it. Oh, are you there, coach? I'm here. Oh, there we are. Good. My, uh, I'm having all kinds of tech issues today, and this is why we uh, we break break through the uh, gear in the beginning of the season, and then we uh, we fix it by the time January hits. But anyway, kind of like a team, coach. You guys, uh, you break everything down and try and figure everything out, and then by January, you hope you figured everything out, and you start cruising into the season. But you got Christopher Newport on Saturday. You don't have a lot of like a lot of uh, wiggle room, as it were. No, I mean we uh, and we're also we're we're into our week of finals too, so it's going to be practice. Going to be kind of moved around a little bit. We're gonna actually we're going to have off on Wednesday because we couldn't get a practice time that, that suits everybody. So, you know, this time of year that's the way it goes. But uh, we're looking, certainly looking forward to Saturday. And let's talk about the fact, though. First, you're off to a seven and zero start. Uh, you beat Southern Virginia just here on Saturday to get there. I was actually a little bit surprised to find that that's the program's best start in, in history. Yeah, you know, there were some good Salisbury teams back in the '90s. I, I just yeah. kind of expected that to have been a record that kind of was a little deeper. But congratulations, nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I was actually in a sit with you. We were 22, and we lost our second game of the year at Hampton Sydney when they had Russell Turner and oh, yeah. and Tony Shaver was coach. And then we then we won a big winning streak. They lost in Elite Eight. But uh, yeah, it, it's a good start for us, and uh, you know, it's a good starting point. And we know there's a lot of basketball left too, so we got to keep getting better. Yeah, there's certainly a lot of basketball, but you guys are off to a pretty guard, uh, darn good start. Beginning of the season, you beat uh, Rowan, you beat Widener, uh, beat. Uh, I'm looking at the wrong year. I apologize. That was last year. You beat Rowan. You beat yeah. Widener. This year, you <laughs> you beat Brenath, and then beat Dickinson. Who's, uh, um, where am I looking at here? This oh, this is two seasons ago. I'm po- I'm having all kinds of problems today. There we go. Oh, that's why I wanted to avoid it. You beat my own mater. Um, beat Coucher to start the season. Beat Staten Island. Beat Johns Hopkins handily. Then beat Virginia Wesleyan, so a good start there. Then beat St. Mary's in a tough game, and then Penn State, Harrisburg, and Southern Virginia. What has this? What have the first seven games kind of told you guys to start the year? How 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 do you think the temperature of the team is through seven? I think we got really good chemistry, and uh, there's there's a great culture here. And um, we you know we lost sixteen years from last year's team. Last year's team lost yeah. five and a half with Adrian, and, and obviously getting wide back. We're a much bigger team than we were last year, and and rebounding was a big issue for us you know, as the year went on. So I, I think we've gotten a lot better at that. We're we're still doing a pretty good job of turning teams over and and uh, and, and playing pretty good defense for the most part. So again, it's it's going to get tougher. We got a a big game next Saturday, and then we we head to Vegas and got Ramapo and and uh, Harden Simmons too. So it won't be easy for us, but it's going to be a a good measuring stick for us on Saturday. Yeah, the next three games, definitely a, a good barometer for you as well. As we talked about Christopher Newport, we'll talk about that in just a minute in a little more depth. And then Ramapo and Harden Simmons at the D3Hoops.com Classic in Vegas. Before you come back home, you'll take on Washington College in, in, in non-conference play, and then you'll you'll dive into the rest of conference action the rest of the season. What do you hope, win or lose, what do you hope you're to gain out of the next four before you get deep into the CAC schedule? We, you know, we just got to keep getting better and, and put 40 minutes of basketball together. I think we did that against Johns Hopkins. Um, we played a great second half against uh, Harrisburg defensively. Um, and we're up 14 against St. Mary's. They made a strong run back at us. And we we, uh, we showed a lot of character coming back from that game and, and bumping the lead back up. So you know, trying to put 40 minutes of basketball together for us is, is a good goal to have. It's something we're certainly capable of doing. 
got a couple good guys on this team, but at the same time, you've you, you've kind of uh, you know got some talent coming back. You mentioned how much you lost, but it's really what came back. I think that makes you guys so dangerous. Right. Obviously, in seniors, you have Adrian Strawn, who's a senior guard. Uh, you also have Justin Whitmer and and, and Gordon Jeter and, and Wyatt Smith. But you're going to lose one of those guys after this Saturday. How yeah. tough is it to have that transition in midseason? find out soon <laughs> you know um you know adrian only had one semester left yeah. and uh we had a we had a departure in the program right before our scrimmages that uh they kind of put us in a quandary there so because uh, we only had one point guard of the program so uh adrian had one semester left he's going to play we actually get jordan brooks back uh from mary washington uh who played the last two years for us right. so that was certainly soften the blow a little bit he played a lot of minutes for us last year and had some really good games. He had the game winner against Southern Vermont last year uh, at the, uh, the Hoops Open down there at Stevenson. So, you know, it's going to be a transition with that. Um, you know, but I got a great team leadership with uh, with Jeff. Justin Wimmer's had a great year for us, and, and Gordon's played great, and Wyatt obviously came back. As, uh, I think Wyatt was, was a CSC player to be last week, but I think his best basketball was probably two or three weeks away. I think he's, he's getting better and better the more he plays and, and the more he gets comfortable playing with the guys and, and how we play. Uh, opposed to where they were two years ago, and, and not going to rust off of the labrum surgery. Yeah, Smith is averaging 29 points a game coming back from that um, injury from last year, right? I've got the right guy. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's the right guy. Yeah, he's almost what? a double-double. Yeah. yeah, and again, I, I think with our rebounding, it's gotten a lot better. Uh, we were very small last year. We relied a lot on a three-point shot, even though we, we had 16 threes against uh, Southern Virginia on Saturday. I mean, we, I think what we have this year, Dave, is a lot more balance in our lineup. We have, we have really good inside presence, and then we have guys who really shoot the basketball. Yeah, Smith is averaging 16.5 points a game, nine rebounds a game. And you've also got Char, uh, Chad Barakowski, uh, 14.5 points a game, six rebounds a game. Justin Whitmer, 12 points a game, and four rebounds a game. And Gordon Jeter, another significant player playing in a different position this year seven points a game and six rebounds a game so certainly the rebounding numbers are up as you pointed out but you're also pretty balanced on the scoring sheet i i, I this is kind of a loaded question but what really makes you guys dangerous well, i just think you know you, you got to be able to guard us you're going to either take something away you're going to take away a perimeter you're going to take away our big guys you're going to double our big guys if you do that we hope our, our three-point shooting is there that night or you're going to push up on our three-point shooters, and you're going to throw the ball inside and try to score one-on-one in the post, which we should be able to do. So, I mean, I, I think we're much more versatile in our lineup this year uh, compared to last year. We were a lot on three-point shot, and then we played around Jeter. But this year, we have a more versatile lineup. So, and uh, you know, again, I think the job on the boards has been evident the last seven games. So, hopefully, we continue doing that too. I'm talking to Andrew Sachs here, and uh, head coach for the number 15 Salisbury Seagulls. Uh, team is 7-0, and best start in program history. Of course, we talked about Christopher Newport coming up on Saturday. Uh, they were preseason number two, now pr- number six in the country, uh, despite the loss to Marietta. Uh, I know off-air, you mentioned to me you're going through their tape right now, and you're already taking notes. Um, what is it about this Christopher Newport team early on that you've seen that, that you think it makes them so good? I think they're they're more talented than they were last year, believe it or not. So, um, you know, they have a lot of experience coming back with Carter, McFarlane, and Daly, and Brown at the point guard spot. They've added some pieces that are coming off the bench. Uh, they're starting Hampton now at the, at the four spot. So I think John's got a deeper lineup. Um, I think they're going to get a lot better, too, as some of those new guys are starting to play a lot more minutes for them. So I think it's going to be a, a big challenge for us and the rest of the league to, to try to knock them off. 
Um, the conference could be certainly interesting. This is obviously a, a good barometer of that. I've made the argument this this early part of the season that CAC may be the, the deepest run at the top of any conference in the country this year. Yourself, Christopher Newport, St. Mary's could make a play here. Mary Washington appears to be coming back into the fray as well. Those four alone could make it interesting on top. And then you've got teams like York, who've got probably one of the better centers you know, in the uh, Mid-Atlantic. You've got teams like Harrisburg, who are tough to beat at home. You've got teams like Wesley, who are very difficult to beat at home. And, of course, you don't want to head out to Frostburg, necessarily. Right. What, what do you make of the CAC from top to bottom in the first handful of games that have been taking place so far? First of all, I think you got a lot of really good coaches in the league. Um, you know, I mean, you know, Donnie Farney coached Division One, and, and yeah. Marcus, you know, went to a national championship. And, you know, John was a coach a year last year. I mean, you do it. And Chris has done a great job at St. Mary's. So there's a lot of good coaches, and, and there's a lot of talent in the league. And um, you know, so that makes for for great league games. And, and as you mentioned, the road. I mean, you know, you, you can play in front of 400 people at Salisbury. It looks like nobody's there, but you play in front of 400 people west. It looks like a packed house. Yeah. You know, and, and it's really hard to play there and win. And, uh, you know, so it makes every game uh, an important game for us. And, and uh, it, uh, that was, that's, you know, that's, well, you want to play the best. If you want to be the best, you know, you got to beat the best. And it's a really good league, and you got to show up every night. If not, you're going to get beat. Last season, you guys had to deal with injuries. We mentioned to Wiley Smith and, um, and adjust your team at the beginning, got off to a pretty decent start. Um, but on the flip side of that, unfortunately, the, the season ended with two straight losses, one in the CAC championship game, which was a really tough one, and then a loss to Middlebury. I know you had some other tough games throughout the season. How much is that um, still not affecting the team but driving the team now, or has everybody moved on and, and that's just a distant memory now? I mean, I think it always sticks with the if you're a returner. Um, but I think we've all moved on from it. Cause it's, it's, again, you know, it's a new year. It's a different team. Um, we have a lot of new guys in the program, um, a lot of young kids in the program. So, but you know, they, you know, the guys that were here last year remember all that stuff. And you know, I don't, I don't think they, you know, totally forgot about it. But I think we all understand that we got to get better. And you know, we just weren't good enough to win those games last year. So we got to find a way to beat them by one. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. that's pretty much it. You know, it's we, you know, at our place last year in the second game, um, you know, we had. Three chances to get a uh, defensive rebound, we didn't get it done. We, we fouled Tim Daly, made two free throws, and they beat us in overtime. You know, it's, so we had our chances there. We just got to make a better play. So, um, obviously, you move forward. You got some good games here that help your out of conference a, a little bit this season. Obviously, um, the conference may help your SOS quite a bit this year as well. Mark, you know, marked improvement for a lot of teams. Do you have to? keep in mind that at large the entire season? I mean, you guys got in as an at-large team last year. Do you have to keep that in mind, or is it obviously out of your hands and you just got to play for what's in front of you? Well, I mean, and the first thing is you, you got to win two or three games at the end of February to play in March. That guarantees yeah. your spot, yeah. you know. And if you're not, you're not, you know, if you can't do that, you want to play a schedule and play games that, you, you know, obviously that, that are good, that you can win or, or that are competitive where it helps you you know, in the in the pool C uh, rankings because yeah. last year, you know, we were seven zero out of conference, and like you told me, and I don't know, if we lose to Southern Vermont, hoops, so I don't know if we get in. You know, yeah, I don't know. It's a tough know. one. So it's uh, and that was a game where you know Jordan Brooks drove a lane and, and, and hit a floater, and then we ended up winning the game. So that's how fine a line it is. You know, it's so hard to get in that large bid. You just want to put your team in the best position possible to do that, and I think that's part of it is having a really good schedule. Sure. 
Uh, it helps a lot. I'm curious. I mean, at Salisbury, you got men's lacrosse and women's lacrosse, who's certainly pretty powerful. Football has, you know, been at the top of the conversation for quite a bit. The soccer's have been in the fray quite a bit. Field hockey certainly has played well. Is there pressure for basketball to do well with all these other programs who are perennially top teams in the country? I mean, and Kelly was 28-3, you know, two years ago, and she's off to a really good start this year, too. I don't think there's any more pressure on me than I put on myself and the guys put on themselves. We all we all want to be great. You know, I don't think anybody plays the game to, to lose. We want to be great. And we understand the tradition of athletics at Salisbury University. And really, you know, I remember, you know, back when I was here in 92, you know, you couldn't find a ticket. Yeah. You know, it was hard, it was hard to get in the gym, and, and we were really good. We want to get back to that, and, and I think we're, we're getting there for sure. I mean, Josh did his last year here. We've kind of built on that and kept getting better and better. So we got to continue to improve the program and put in a good light. We have great kids that are that are just great to be around, and they're they're respected by their peers. And you just want to keep that pride going, and uh, hopefully we keep winning. And, and the kids come back when they come back at the end of January to, to come back to the games. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you in Vegas and, and playing uh, Rowan and Harden-Simmons. But in the meantime, I'm looking forward to seeing what you do against Christopher Newport as well. I be a good game. It should be a great game. Uh, <laughs> I would love to be there, but i got other things i got to do. But um, in the meantime, uh, I could talk to you for a long time, but we only have so much time, so i got to let you go. But as always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who are tuning in? Just, just appreciate your, your coverage, Division Three, Dave, as always. Um, and if anybody's on the Eastern Shore this Saturday at four o'clock, it'd be a great game to go to. It's going to be admission free. There's not going to be any students there, so it'd be a great game to see <laughs> and bring your family to. Perfect. Get it, get the Salisbury faithful out there as best you can. Hey, sir, I appreciate you taking the time, especially at the last minute, filling in for us. Um, sure. Good, good luck on Saturday. I look forward Thanks, to seeing you in Vegas. It. Happy holidays. All right, man. Take care. Andrew Sachs joining us from Salisbury again. Team is 7-0 on the season, uh, 2-0 in CAC. Big game coming up on Saturday against Christopher Newport. Should be a blast to watch. If you're in the Eastern Shore area or willing to make the drive, go to it. It's an excellent, excellent opportunity to see two top teams take each other on. Um, it should be a great one. If I wasn't returning from Salem and having to be at another basketball game, I would be in Salisbury most likely on Saturday. All right, so at the beginning of the show, I talked about Hope uh, game against Stevens Point. I saw someone on the YouTube chat uh, asking us about it. I apologize. We, we're a little slow to get to the chat page on YouTube. It's usually down the list of the ones that we, we monitor. But I did see the question there, and I apologize for taking the time. We actually answered it or, at, or talked about that in the section that I forgot to roll the, the clip uh, or roll the uh, start of YouTube. But here's the thing. Is, no, I'm not surprised that Hope lost to Stevens Point. I think Stevens Point, I saw them again at the Hoopsville Classic. They beat Lynchburg. I think Stevens Point is going to win a number of games this year. I don't think they're going to be at the top of the WIAC. If they make the NCAA tournament, I think it's going to be because they went and won the conference tournament at the right time. Um, but they've got that defense, and Semling always has a good defense, and that's what I saw against Lynchburg. And so am I shocked that Hope won that or lost that game? No, I'm not. Hope's a good team, but Stevens Point is going to beat some good teams this year. Um, they're also going to lose some games where the defense just doesn't click. Um, I don't think they've got the offensive weapons to win games. They're going to have to win it on defense. You remember that was the, the mode a couple years ago for their national championship. So, no, I am not surprised that Hope lost that game. There are going to be games out there, top teams who are going to lose to Stevens Point because that defense is just too darn good. It's when that defense is slightly off one night that a team starts to get a run. That's the teams that Stevens Point are going to struggle against, and it's going to happen too. So, no, I'm not surprised Hope lost that game. 
I'm not surprised in the least. I wouldn't have been surprised if Hope won that game. It comes down to how well can Stevens Point execute their defense against teams. Stevens Point winning that game, no shocker. Is it disappointing if you're a Hope fan? Sure, but realize this. Hope, uh, it's, Stevens Point is going to beat good teams this year. They are not a team who's going to necessarily be top 25. They're not a team who's necessarily going to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament if they make the NCAA tournament in the first place. But they're going to beat good teams. They're going to be in the conversation in the middle to top tier of the WIAC this season, just not with that powerhouse teams we've gotten used to. They're going to earn it a little bit more. They're also going to take a loss that doesn't make any sense per a win like Hope. But no, I'm not surprised at all. Going to take another break. When we come back, we will talk to Tom Slider out at North Park. Team took a loss yesterday in that crazy circle. That crazy circle I talked about before I seemed to get the YouTube stream getting going. We'll talk about that crazy circle in a minute. Again, you're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC studios when we come back. Coach Slider from North Park joins us. Back with more in a minute. I used to never really talk. Ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. This is why we love sports. It's in the way they play, free from the pressures and all the money talk. Playing for simply the love of the game, where everyone has a shot at their definition of success on and off the field. This is what we love about sports and what we can still love about college sports. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. We are calling you, all of you. We are calling all Division III schools to join our cause. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. Give me a quick second here as we're tweeting out our next guest. Off to a terrific start to start the season, despite yesterday's loss. Um, North Park is worth watching. Uh, they, uh, they're not too bad. Yeah, they lost yesterday, but did you notice the crazy circle of that loss? We mentioned it earlier, and if you missed it, we certainly understand that, and considering some of the technical uh, goof-ups um, on my own there. But uh, So here's how this works, okay? So follow along if you can. Um, North Park beats uh, Illinois Wesley. Carroll beats North Park. Elmhurst beats Carroll. Illinois Wesleyan beats Elmhurst. 
and and again, North Park beat Illinois Wesleyan. It's one of the circles in the CCIW that certainly makes you go, wait, what? Well, it's the CCIW, I guess, is where we can start with it. But at the same time, it's nice to have North Park in the conversation. Uh, as uh, we, uh, as I called up Coach there in the break, he reminded me of something. It's been seven years since he's been on the show. Wow. Two things there. We've been on the air long enough that that seems significant. This is our 14th season. Second of all, can't believe it's been seven years. North Park's having a great year. Two preseason All-Americans maybe are helping that out. So let's go to the City of Salem Hoopsville hotline. And joining us there is Tom Slider of North Park. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville, sir. Well, thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. <laughs> I, I did notice that you kind of mentioned, you know, not being on the air in a while. Uh, we didn't have a headshot of you, which just means that, yeah, we we haven't had you on in a while since we went to video. Um but, but you guys are, you know, despite the loss yesterday, Karen, we'll talk about that. Besides that, off to a great start. You've got probably at least one, if not two, of the more fascinating of players to watch in Division Three this season. Um, and I would argue I don't think everybody had their eyes on you to start the season despite those two good players. Well, why not? I, I don't know. I, I'm <laughs> leaving it open-ended for you. Well, I, I mean, we have... We haven't done our part here enough, I guess, to have people uh, have their eyes on us. But I would tell you this, that I think people that are close enough to the program, and I think there's some people within our conference that would tell you that, you know, we've kind of been emerging for the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. We just haven't been consistent enough. And and part of that is we do have uh, two pretty dynamic players, I mean, there are not many coaches who get a chance to coach two All-Americans on the same team. I'm <laughs> first time as an assistant or a head coach in my 23 years of coaching that that's ever been an experience of mine. So, um, so if you can surround some players around those guys, you should have a pretty good shot. If I don't screw it up too bad, <laughs> I was going to say uh, that must be interesting practices. Do they do they call the plays? Do, are you, do you have any control over uh, practice with two All-Americans sitting there? <laughs> We just roll the balls out, and I stay out of their way, Dave. Yeah, very good. Very good. Makes sense to me. Uh, hey, listen, you started the season, and I'll admit, I, I, I played a little laissez-faire with this. You beat Chicago, and the first thought I had was, well, they beat them last year. Okay. You know, I, I'm kind of used to that outcome. You then beat Dubuque. You beat Adrian. You beat Alma. I think a lot of people dismissed that win because Alma was not as good, didn't have as many parts back as everybody thought they did. Beat Augustana. We knew there were a lot missing from that. For me, it was finally the win over Illinois Wesleyan, and I went, okay, I know he's got two All-Americans, but clearly he's got other parts here. This team is for real. Um, uh, but how's the barometer from your point of view? Well, <clears throat> if I sat here and told you we didn't expect to have a special season, I think that wouldn't be accurate because, though we haven't done that, we haven't completely broke through. There's always a part that you know, can we get this done? It is now the time. And, um, you know, this is my fifth season at North Park. And we, when we got here as a staff, we basically totally gutted the program. Unlike when I was at Anderson, and we just kind of picked up where it was. Um, so, you know, North Park has not been at a level of success um, on the national level since, I think, 1993. Um was the last time they were at the NCAA tournament. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of naysayers, a lot of people that say, 
say we'll believe it when we see it. And and yet, you know, having coached for 23 years, you kind of get a feeling with your guys. And and I would say that we could have made it happen last year, but we were not mature enough. We didn't handle uh, some of the successes that we had last year well enough. Or I, as a coach, wasn't able to prepare them well enough. So, um, you know, when you return eight seniors and six juniors, um, now some of those guys have transferred in. Uh, but I think the average age of our team is like 21 and a half or 22. Um, it should be time. You either break through now or it's not going to happen with this group. And so uh, it's not a complete shock. With that said, we just got beat last night, and uh, we're not even a third of the way through the season. We played seven games. So uh, there's a lot of basketball left to play, and we still have to do our part. Yeah, I was going to say that's that's the interesting thing a little bit here is the fact that you know you did go and and lose to Carroll, and again I mentioned that circle in the beginning uh, of how everybody has beaten everybody. Technically, not everybody is obviously in the conversation of CCIW, and it's pretty it, it is rare to go through the conference undefeated and all. But Carroll is in the conference now, so thus we now play conference games in December because the schedule just has to be played out that way. So it's a little bit of getting used to a lot of things this year. What is more for players than it is for myself, just because I've had experience of being in another yes. comp where we played games before Christmas time. I think some of the old veterans here in the CCIW are kind of whining about playing before Christmas, but you got to play them at some point in time. Yeah, and uh, and you know, in our case, now after we played three games, I mean, if you'd have told me before we played the three games, going to Augie and two Wesleyan and playing Carroll, that we'd be sitting here at two and one. I'd have said I'd take it before we ever played them. Um, <laughs> now, after we won the first two, now you get greedy, right? So yeah. uh, the only thing that happened last night is, daggone it, we're not going to have an undefeated season. So uh, we'll just get ready to play the next one. <laughs> what was it about the Carroll game that, though, that, that gave you guys fits? Was it was it even maybe that the team you know had you know I hate to use the word trap here because I don't think it's the right terminology but you had been coming off the big game with Illinois Wesleyan maybe uh-huh. almost a bit of a let let down with this with this game against Carroll a team that maybe you don't know as well. Uh, well, I, I don't think our guys knew about it, and also Carroll's not a team that does a lot of stuff uh, you know that you can walk through with your players and. So they run a lot of motion stuff, and and it's you know you talk about staying true to your defensive principles, things like that. I also think potentially they were a little embarrassed by their first showing against Elmhurst losing, and so you know we got a number on our backs. Um, they're a little angry. Um, we get several guys in foul trouble the first half. Uh, we had a 13 point lead in the first half and let it dwindle away, and was down by one at half. But we survived with basically the majority of our starters on the bench, um, only being down one. And then we built the lead up in the second half. But we just uh, didn't make enough plays. And, and really, in the end, our two All-Americans uh, missed 12 free throws. So that's kind of uncharacteristic. And so you can say, I mean, we did set some untimely turnovers. Give Carroll a world of credit. I mean, and I have great respect for Paul Combs. Um, you know, they were really prepared, and I think they were really focused, and they made plays when they had to. And But yet, with that said, had, had we made, you know, three or four more free throws, we win the game. Yeah. Um, and and I take, 
I'd take that opportunity to have my two All-Americans shooting that many free throws the next game uh, to see if they'll miss them or make them. Interesting. Um, yeah, missing free throws, especially 12 of them hurts. You talked about those two All-Americans. Jordan Robinson, 24 points a game and 10 rebounds a game, the double-double and shooting 53% from the floor, 56% from beyond the arc, which is amazing, though 64% from the free throw line. Uh, Juwan Henry, the all, other All-American, 22.5 points a game, 4.5 rebounds a game, um, shooting 42% from the floor and 65% from the free throw line. Both guys hand out assists. Both guys get blocks. Both guys get steals. Obviously, there's other guys to talk about here in Colin Lake and Darius Brown and uh, TJ Cobbs and the like, but those two alone certainly are a dynamic duo, When especially they're putting up 46 points a game and hauling down 15 rebounds a game. Well, absolutely, and now they've been around this is the third year they've been playing with each other um i think there was a game last year we played at elmhurst where the two combined had 72 of the 90 points we scored or something like that it was just absurd (laughs) uh numbers but you know you're right though the thing about it and the thing that makes them so special obviously is consistency and doing it every night out yeah. And, you know, I, I tell, I told our team, I tell everybody, you know, one of the coaches' biggest nightmares, what, what we get anxiety about is what player is going to show up and what are they going to do or what team is going to show up and how are they going to play. And you're more relaxed when, you know, pretty much they have done this. I mean, I think Juwan Henry now has, you know, his senior year, he's had maybe three games in his entire career that he's been in single digits. Cool. Um, I mean, that's unreal. If you add the exhibition game, his first college game against Valparaiso, he had 18. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just amazing. Um, and then Jordan, you know, there's not many guys that go through the CCIW that average 20 points and 10 rebounds, and he did that last year as a sophomore. Um, pretty amazing numbers. But as we've told our team, you know, people think of Jawan and, and Jordan Robinson as – you know, the face of North Park, and they've done a great job to help us emerge and come back. But our success this year is going to be dependent upon Colin Lake and TJ Cobbs and Darius Brown and our other guys coming off the bench. Um, and, and that's really going to be what allows us to break through or not. And that's that's a great segue for me. How do you How do you make sure this team isn't guilty of ball watching or relying on those two. I mean, it can easily happen where those two get a hold of the ball and the rest of the team goes, oh, these guys have it. I, you know, I, I'm a teammate, but I'm not going to worry about it. How do you keep the mentality there that, no, every single part on this team's important, and despite them putting up 46 points a game, I need your 10 points a game. I need your 15 points a game. I need you to hit this shot or get that rebound as well. Well, the nice thing about it is um, I think a lot of people think that uh, Juwan won't pass the ball and or Jordan is, is not. I mean, Jordan had 12 assists against Augustana when Augustana decided to double-team him last week. Uh, 23 points and 10 assists, I think, is what he had. Or 12 assists. I mean, we have trust amongst our team to be able to give the ball. Now, I would say this. As our program was emerging, and, and we were – really bad. I think my first year at North Park, we were ranked 396 out of 419. But who's counting? Yeah, well, yeah. 
Now I think the mastery rating has a three or two, so, you know, we won't talk about that. But, uh, <laughs> but um, you know, it, it's more of a trust factor and, yeah. and familiarity. I mean, when you have guys that have been together for that long, I mean, they know. And, and uh, you know, they're willing to give the ball up. But they also are willing to know who's going to get the shot at the end of the game, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, the other part of that being um, – what, what do we make of this conference? I mean, last year, Augustana and Elmer's were on top and dominated for the most part. I, I don't want to say they – I mean, obviously other teams were involved, but the eyes of the country were on Augustana and Elmer's. They both lose significant numbers to that. Augustana is still pretty competitive. Um, Elmer's, in the meantime, is 3-5, and 1-2. and two. Um, w- But what do we make of the rest of this conference? Carthage is 2-1 and one right now with a 5-3 and three record. Uh, North Central, who many thought was going to lead this conference, is five and two, two and one, in a four-way tie with yourselves, Carthage and Augustana. Uh, Illinois Wesson's off to a nice six and two start. Augustana's off to a nice seven and two start. Wheaton's off to a five and three start. Carroll's five and two. Elmhurst and Milliken are the only two that seem to be really struggling this year. I think a lot of people thought, okay, North North Central probably in this. North Park's probably in the conversation. Illinois Wesson though was picked to finish second by the coaches ahead of time. Is this conference wide open as it seems, or is this maybe a little bit of smoke and mirrors to start the year in December? I think it's wide open, Dave. Okay. I think it's, it, might, it might be. Now, I think they're like any season, there will be some teams that will get hot and will emerge. But I think Carthage is certainly, you know, going to North Central and winning yeah. has certainly perked some people up to say, hey, don't forget about us, you know. And, and, uh, you know, care, you know, yeah, you can play the numbers game all you want. I tell our team, that's the problem. If you want to start scoreboard watching and say, well, we got this because so and so beat somebody by this amount, that's your first mistake. Yeah. The only thing you guys need to do is show up and bring it every night because when you start doing that, I mean, Elmhurst had Carroll down by 23 points midway through the second half last Wednesday night. Yeah. And called off the dogs, as I was told, and won by 13. Yeah. You know, we go to Wesleyan and beat Wesleyan by four, and Wesleyan goes to Elmhurst yesterday and wins by 31. Exactly. You know, if you want to play that game, coulda, shoulda, woulda, whatever, you just can't do it. No. And, you know, I think there's parity at, you know, you hear at Division One, there's parity at Division Three oh, yeah, basketball absolutely. also. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, and there are really good coaches. And, and also, you can't ever forget with technology getting better and better with with synergy and and all the games that are available to watch and have it within broken down within twelve hours of the game being played. I mean it takes a lot of the work out of it and you can have you can know every time the guy decides to go to the bathroom if you want. <laughs> so uh, I I mean it's it's really ridiculous information, but um you, you can have your team extremely prepared if if there's certain things that you do that is kind of odd or something like that. Now, you, you talk about the scoreboard watching. Again, we mentioned it several times on the show before. You beat Illinois Wesleyan. Carroll beat yourselves. Elmers beat Carroll. Illinois Wesleyan beat Elmers. I mean, it's a circle. It just everybody beat everybody in that group. You can't you can't assume anything by those results. You're right. Parity certainly interesting. I'm, I'm going to be fascinated to watch the CCIW race. I just hope you guys don't um, beat each other up so much it, it affects how many teams can make the tournament. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean that, that's 
That's true, I guess. Tell that to the people that are the so-called bottom ones that have a chance to beat people up and maybe do it. I mean, they, they want to win. <laughs> yeah. Everybody wants yeah. to win. Yeah. Um, you, you know, I, I don't... I mean, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you if we're one of the ones you're hoping we get in. So. Hey, well, let me let me ask you this. you got trying ahead, which will be at home on Saturday. Then uh, on, I believe, Monday, you'll be at Manchester, followed by Wednesday game at Albion before you take a small Christmas break and, and return uh, home to play Manchester on the 30th before starting conference play. What do you hope to get out of these next four games kind of sprinkled in and around Christmas? Well, hopefully get a little more consistency over the course of 40 minutes and Certainly, we want to bounce back. Uh, we're, we start finals this week, as a lot of people yep. do. Um, so we'll, we'll practice tomorrow and then take Tuesday off. And then we'll practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and kind of go lighter, though, except for Friday. And then, and then play. fortunately, we play at home on Saturday. The way it typically works with our calendar, you know, we play Saturday, Monday, Wednesday. It's been very typical since I've been at North Park that, you know, we get three or four games in in almost a week's period of time when nobody's on campus or on other people's campuses. That makes it kind of difficult sometimes without uh, having anybody in the gym. But, um, you know, we hope to put together a solid 40 minutes. We don't feel like, other than our game at Augustana where we just shot the lights out of it, uh, we still don't feel like we've played really solid for 40 minutes. We've Mm -hmm. always had some walls within the games to kind of let people hang around. Um, and so, you know, that's that's our next step. And, um, you know, it's against non-conference people. But, you know, we don't intend – we don't go out saying, you know, well, we can lose this one or we can lose that one. I mean, the goal is to win every one. So, um, you know, and uh, so we just want to build some momentum and going into the break and, and really try to hopefully get some more people involved and get some minutes off our bench. I mean – the problem is when you play games that are always two, three, four-point games, it's hard to feel like you can play guys that are your seventh, eighth guys on the bench, but you need to get them minutes over the course of a season. And more importantly, when you play back-to-back, if you can get to conference tournament time or get to the national tournament. Yeah. Uh, real quick, uh, do you feel any pressure? I think I counted eight seniors on this team. Is there any pressure that you guys got to take advantage of this year while you have it? I think we put pressure on ourselves, absolutely, in a good way. I mean, yeah. I mean, really, it's now or never for the, those group of seniors, and I, I really believe that's part of the reason we've gotten off the start that we've had. I think they feel somewhat responsible for, you know, we lost the last four games of the year last year when we were sitting at 19 uh, with, in the master ratings with two weeks left in the season with the fifth uh, strongest strength of schedule in the nation. Had we won two or three, really, the way it turned out, had we won one of those last four games, we'd have been in the conference tournament. That would have been the first time ever for North Park program, right. since the conference tournament, I think, has only been in existence 10 or 11 years. If um, that, so, yeah. you know, our five national title teams never had that opportunity yeah. uh, at, at North Park. So, um, you know, I think there's a little bit of an edge. There's a little bit of, you know, it's it's our time now, and we're not going to squander this. At least that's the feeling I get amongst our guys. Now, we just got a chink in our armor last night because we, we did get beat, and so you never know how a team's going to respond until you get back out there on the floor. Yeah. Um, but, but uh, you know, everybody thinks they're invincible until all of a sudden they take a loss, and then you find <laughs> out what you really got. So. That's true. Well, hey, I appreciate you taking the time. You're right, seven years is way too long, but I'm glad we got you on the air. 
Uh, congratulations to the great start. Make sure Jordan and, and Juan don't uh, kind of control things on you too much there, Coach. Uh, good luck with the reining them in. But uh, as always, if you remember, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Well, Dave, you scarred me for life the last time we <laughs> talked. You, 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 talk, you talked about strength of schedule and worried about my strength of schedule wasn't strong enough. So like a fool, I went out and scheduled, and I had the fifth strongest schedule uh, last year. And now we're at five again. And so I don't know if you've contaminated my mind or if I thank you. But uh, anyway, I know that's not what you want. But we appreciate what you do, D3 Hoops, and, and uh, you know, hope to see you down the road. Definitely, Coach. I'm sorry for scarring you. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, good luck the rest of the way. Have a happy holidays, and we'll look forward to uh, watching how the Vikings do the rest of the season. Go Vikings. Definitely. Thank you, Coach. Take care. All right. See you. Tom Slider joining us on the City of Salem Hotline. <laughs> I miss chatting with Coach. Definitely got to get him on more often. Uh, again, 7-0, 2-0 in conference play. They will uh, be against uh, Trine here coming up on Saturday, followed by Manchester and Adrian or whatever the order was. I got it out of order there. Uh, Manchester, I was right, on Tuesday and Adrian or Albion before the Christmas break. Then Manchester again, interestingly, double. I forgot to ask about that. Uh, and then Carthage in conference play on January 4th. Going to take another break. We'll switch gears, talk women's basketball action, head out to the great Northwest. Puget Sound is off to a great start, including a win over um, the most the once feared George Fox squad. What does it all mean? Well, we'll find out from their head coach. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com. More Hoopsville from the WBCA and NBC studios after this. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that College Basketball built. It starts right when you hit the court. You imagine your finest moment. The game-winning shot that gets you to the dance. A monster dunk or no-look pass. And cutting down the net. Sports lets us dream of our own success. And prepare us for our finest moments on and off the court. I'm a current Division III student-athlete, and I remember how intimidating the first year of college can be. So if you're a first-year student-athlete and nervous about coming out as LGBTQ, I pledge to stand by your side as your ally. If you can play, you can play Division III. We are Division III student-athletes, and you can be too. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division III. I did receive academic scholarships. Just being involved on campus, being a leader, all those things combined kind of get me recognized. It's a great experience for me. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville, where we're live streaming the show. 
five live viewers as we speak. We've had quite a few watching tonight. Appreciate you taking the time to watch the simulcast. Of course, it's on YouTube as well. Again, I will repeat, if you had trouble with the first 10 minutes on YouTube not being able to watch the show, I do apologize for that. I uh, just didn't hit the start button. Um, but And if you're listening to the podcast, you missed the first 10, 15 minutes because, again, I didn't hit the start button. Don't worry. We're going to recap a lot of what we talked about at the beginning of the show at the end. We've got two more guests to come, though. We're going to switch to women's basketball. I want to thank again the WBCA for being a uh, sponsor and a, and, a, and a partner of Hoopsville. Had some great conversations with them. We'll, t- we'll have more about that in January. But the WBCA, thank you once again. We've got Puget Sound coming up next. but it, And then uh, after that, uh, we will talk to uh, Rose Holman. As well. Again, if you've got questions, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. We do have Instagram, which don't we don't use it during the show, at D3Hoopsville. Uh, and we also will try and monitor the YouTube chat room, though uh, it is difficult, but we will do our best as well. Uh, if you were looking at the scoreboard last Saturday, you may have seen a score that may have caught your attention, especially on the women's side. Uh, George Fox at home. Um, Losing to, I should say, it wasn't at home, it was on the road. Um, Losing to Puget Sound, uh, 86-85. The Loggers have been a bit of a challenge for the Bruins. The Bruins usually win. Have things changed in the Northwest Conference maybe this season? Well, let's find out from Coach Lori Payne. Head coach from Puget Sound joins us on the City of Salem Hotline. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville. Hi, thank you for having me. Appreciate you taking the time. Um... Wow. Let's just start with that game on Saturday. Big game, big win over George Fox early in the season to set the tone. That's That's got to be thrilling for you to have that kind of start to the, especially the conference season that way. Definitely. You know, it's it's always challenging to have our conference games early in December, just the way the calendar falls. And, you know, fortunately for us, we uh, were able to host George Fox in that first weekend. And, um, you know, came out on top. And George Fox is an incredible program. Obviously, they, they've been um, at the top for, for some time. And, you know, a, a lot of the losses in the last couple of years um, in that win-loss column have been to them. So, you know, they've kind of been that, that nem- nemesis for us. But, um, you know, fortunately, our, our team really uh, took that challenge and came out with a victory. The women's side of the Northwest Conference has always been deep. We've talked about years when three teams have come out to the NCAA tournament. Um, and obviously you got to the championship game last year against George Fox and, and fell short. Uh, obviously they made a, a tremendous run in the NCAA tournament as they have for, for several years now. Kind of left you guys once again on the outside looking in. Is a win like this, despite it being on December 3rd of the season, something that, that can catapult you guys to take a whole other step forward with this program? Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, you know, early wins are big. Uh, with a young team, I think it's important for them to understand those early wins big don't define our season because we, we have some incredible competition coming up um, with Trinity and Buena Vista and in the Detroit Hoops Classic um, with Coe and Simpson. So we're, we're excited to get a little bit um, more exposure outside of the West Coast, hopefully. Um, you know, last year we, we had a young team. We had our ups and downs in preseason and then really came on strong in the end. Um, but, you know, our, our overall record just wasn't quite good enough to make us um, get in that tournament field. But we're, we're hoping that this year, you know, having a strong preseason with um, the returning core of our, our team and some really talented freshmen, I'm hoping for, for big things to come. Last two teams we talked to on the men's side both have strong uh, senior leadership, and and not mm-hmm. only just seniors being on the team who've been there, 
but scoring points and, and, and leading the team. You have two seniors on this squad. Uh, Alexis Noren is third on the team in scoring, um, and, and Katie Holland isn't that high up in the stat column. Um, you're led by underclassmen. You're led by a sophomore, Simone Jackson, nearly 19 <laughs> points a game and three rebounds. Elizabeth Pewitt, 18 points a game and four rebounds. Norm, by the way, eight rebounds a game. Claire Fitzgerald, a junior, at 10 points a game. And then Drew Clark, a, a freshman, at five points a game. That's a different dichotomy that I know some teams certainly have. It's nothing new. But what is it like to to kind of be more young, to, to kind of – you're almost building – for three years here. Right. You know, in our top 12 players, nine are freshmen and sophomores. Yeah. Um, so that, that rotation, you know, can be challenging at times just with, with a youthful team. But, um, you know, they, we have such talented young players that where three true freshmen are getting playing time and two redshirt shirt freshmen are, are starting to get some playing time. Um, we actually had some injuries in the preseason, so we're starting to get those players back, which has been nice. Um, one of our, our really good freshmen – um, Caitlin Malvar uh, was able to play limited minutes in that George Fox game, which I think was a pivotal piece of our win. So she's coming back strong and, and should be um, full go here in, in the next coming weeks. And we have a um, soccer player who's a very good soccer player and basketball player that is transitioning from our incredible soccer program over who's a um, big-time post player for us. She's also a redshirt freshman. So, you know, getting them, um, you know, back in the lineup and, and starting to acclimate them into uh, the rotation has been really helpful for us. Um, but, you know, it's, it, it comes with the ups and the downs and just trying to get the, the young team to understand, you know, that um, sustaining that intensity in practices and every game, no matter what the competition is. And, you know, we're, we're learning, but um, they're, they're such a fun group to work with. And um, we're just really excited for the future and just moving forward into these next couple weeks with some tough D3 games. Let that soccer player know she can use her hands. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, and Alexis, I mean, Alexis is, is solid. She she leads last year with a first-team all-conference player. She leads um, most categories within our team. You know, you look yeah. at a kid who's almost getting a triple-double every game, and, and that's her. And, you know, I think Katie Holland had the leadership that she has on the bench and off the court and the small things that you get from those seniors that maybe aren't getting the playing time. Um, but, but they've been really strong for us in transitioning from last year's success to this year's. Yeah. And I, I completely kid about soccer. I was a soccer player myself and certainly love basketball. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually think soccer players make the best basketball players. They have a different gear and they have a different court awareness than many have. And they can, you can probably run them into the ground a little bit more often uh, than other players, but I'm biased. I'm biased. Um, <laughs> Obviously, interesting enough, I'm kind of looking at, 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 at your schedule, and, and you talked about it a little bit there. And obviously, you have three non-Division three games mixed in with this, but then you have these these next four, which fascinate me. You'll play Trinity mm-hmm. and Buena Vista at home this coming weekend. They're all traveling before the holiday break, and Trinity has been a pretty darn good program. Buena Vista's kind of, yeah, Buena Vista's kind of coming along. And then you travel to Vegas and you get Cohen Simpson. You really have kind of a, a motley crew of four teams here. Um, it, how do you prepare the team for what is going to be, I think, four very different games? Yeah, absolutely. You know, just, just starting to, to get into um, the scouting report for this coming weekend. Yeah, Trinity is tough. I mean, they, yeah. they are really tough. And um, Buena Vista, you know, I actually traveled uh, this summer with a 
team uh, to Brazil, and yes. the head men's coach for Buena Vista was was the head coach yeah. um, on that team. So got a chance to talk with him a little bit, Brian. He's he's a great guy. Yeah. Um, but you know, just looking forward into this, um, having the team understand how important D three games are, and on the West Coast, it's it's tough to schedule D three just on a limited budget sure. to travel and, and get that exposure. So when we can get teams to come into our area and um, Pacific Luther and the other Division Three team out here is actually hosting the tournament this coming right. weekend. Um, you know, so it's it's a neutral site game for us. Um, but we're, we're very excited just to, to get that experience and that exposure for these next four games and hopefully, you know, have, have some big wins against top D3 teams so that our name can stay in that mix as the season progresses. Yeah, if nobody's aware, you guys are down the sound, as it were, from Seattle, um, kind of in the southern side of, of what is that sound area, um, of mm-hmm. the famous northwest part of, of Washington State. Um, is there a conversation, though, on campus about that fact that I know I've had that conversation with Whitman. I've had, it, but then there's also some conference or some um, schools in the Northwest Conference who do try and find ways to travel a little bit, or as you guys are doing, bring teams in. And we've seen that as well. Is there a conversation about hey, we need to do more to strengthen SOS, or we need to do more to not kind of put ourselves in a corner, or is it just that you know what you're resigned to, and it's not worth trying to to, to fight it out, as it were? I think there's always a push to to do that. Um, you know, it, everyone's working with different budgets and the travel, and, yeah. you know, trying to figure out ways to make those games happen. Um, you know, and I think with our, our conference being so strong this year, I mean, in the top five teams of our conference, as of right now, there's only three losses. Yeah. And two of them are within conference play. And so it just shows a parity in our conference and how strong the Northwest Conference is. Now we just have to let the rest of the country see that, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. um, come NCAA tournament time with, with lack of traveling. You know, the, there's no doubt in my mind that multiple Northwest Conference teams could go deep into the tournament. Sure. And I think it's important for our Northwest Conference teams to play opponents in the Midwest, even East Coast, to be able to have those um, on our schedule and, and get wins against those teams so that we our names start becoming in the mix more. Do you get any insight um, on how this all works? I mean, your advantage is that there's a three-time former committee chair uh, in your athletics department. Um, right. Do you get a chance to, to, to sit down with her and say, hey, you know, how, how does this work? How can we do things better? By the way, I'm talking about Robin Hamilton, the SWA right. there. How, yeah. how is this working? Granted, she's removed from the committee for a few years, so I, I realize that you know things can all change. But you know the, the challenge with the Northwest is get in, and then you're probably going through each other anyway. Right. But, but do you have conversations with Robin about, hey, what can we do to, to better position ourselves? You know, I know when she was on the committee, she was fighting as hard as, hard as she could to um, get a little bit of that um, exposure throughout the whole country. I know one of the years, um, I think Whitworth got shipped to East Coast, and then they yeah. did pretty well. That was the year that three teams got in, I believe. Um, yes. You know, but uh, it's we have a lot of experienced coaches within our league as well with, um, you know, Helen Higgs, Michelle Friends, Michael Meek, who ooh, it's a constant battle every year. You know, we're we're always fighting to try to get more teams in because we know – if we can, we would be able to um, compete and go yeah. deep into the tournament. Um, you know, it's it's just a I think a geogra- geographical challenge for all the teams out here, and it's a it's a battle that we're willing to try to fight every year, and you know, go to bat for each other. Um, just because we're very confident, we play each other night in and night out, and every night is a is a battle, and on any given night, 
some team in our conference could win. I mean, you look at Willamette, who's gone from, you know, yeah. the bottom to now. I mean, they they have one loss on the season, yeah. and it's to Whitman. Um, you know, so <laughs> it just shows the the growth in our conference and the success that that we're continuing to have. And I think this year we also have a very young conference, but probably the most talented um, and competitive conference that we've had in years. Speaking of which, thank you for the transition. What do you expect yeah. of this con- this conference this year? I mean, you just mentioned the craziness at the top. Lewis and Clark's two and zero. Yourselves are two and zero. Whitman's two and zero. George Fox, Willamette, and Pacific are all one and one. With uh, Pack Lou and Linfield are zero and two. Pack Lou is probably you know the only one who's got a record that's that that stands out in the negative side at one and six. Otherwise, everybody's at about five hundred or better. This seems a little. I mean, listen. I'm used to a deep Northwest Conference on the women's side. Mm-hmm. This seems deeper than normal. What do you yeah. make of it? <laughs> well, we're we're excited. Uh, you know, we're we're very excited because it it's fun to have to prepare every night for a team who it can be a competitive game. I mean, you look at the West Coast on the Division One level mm-hmm. and look how the Pac-12 has just grown and grown into. Yeah. You know, I think six teams were in the top 25 That's a couple crazy. weeks ago. And yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so it's it, hopefully West Coast is starting to get a little bit more respect from all divisions, top to bottom. Um, but, you know, there's some there's some great players out here. There's some great coaches, and there's some great teams. And it's fun night in and night out when you know it's going to be a battle and the intensity of that game is going to be, you know, it's at a high level. And that, that's what you want for these student-athletes. You want them every night to be able to compete at a high level and have the goal of, you know, winning a championship and going into the NCAA tournament and having that mean something every night. Um, when we see you in Vegas against Co on the yeah. 28th, by the way, we, we may be a little sleep-deprived. <laughs> We're starting with six games on the first day. We usually okay. warm up with one or two. But um, you'll be halfway through this four-game set. If I were to come to you at that point and say, okay, how do you feel? What what are you hoping to get accomplished out of these four? So if I see you then and I see you at the end, you know, how am I going to know that maybe you guys got accomplished what you wanted to get accomplished? Right. Um, you know, I, I'm looking forward to coming into this weekend. We have finals this week, so trying to get a young team to understand the distractions of finals yeah. and, you know, now wrapping up this term and now being able to practice during finals and then go on and, and play a really tough Trinity team on Saturday. Yeah. You know, so just getting them, I think it's right now it's really about our team and, and getting better and being more consistent night in and night out, day in and day out. Um, you know, so obviously our goal is to to compete very strongly against Trinity and and come out with a victory there and turn around the next night and be able to do it again against Buena Vista and you know then go for Christmas and you might be sleep deprived and we might be uh, you know trying to get our legs back from under us because actually <laughs> after having a, a week off yeah um, <laughs> you know that first game might be a cu- rough couple minutes but you know we're we're excited I'm just put that, um, put that in my notes now <laughs> rough couple of yeah, minutes don't judge us by the first couple minutes of that game. No. Um, but we're we're very excited just to to get better every day and compete against some teams um, not from our region so that we can actually be able to continue having our name in the mix out there on the big picture. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you in Vegas. I'm also looking forward to seeing what happens this weekend. Have fun with it. By the way, watch out for Cameron Hill. He's a good dresser. He likes to dress up for All games. Right. Yeah. Um, I've seen him in person. He's he's fun to watch, Coach, too. So have fun. Tell him I said hi, if you remember. I will. And uh, as always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Nah, just thank you so much for having us um, on the show, and we're looking forward to a very competitive, great year this year. Well, thank you, Coach, very much. Have a great holiday. Uh, enjoy the break when you have it, and I'll look forward to seeing Vegas. 
Sounds great. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Take care. Lori Payne joining us from Puget Sound. Just notice I got to get our logo changed. I think I think I have the old version of their logo. The loggers, though, off to a seven and zero start. Four and zero in Division Three with wins over Nebraska Wesleyan, Cal Lou, Linfield, and George Fox. Uh, they'll get back into D three action against Trinity coming up on Saturday and Buena Vista coming up on Sunday. And then we'll see them at the D three Hoops.com Classic in Las Vegas at the South Point Arena. Uh, against Coe and Simpson. Looking forward to that. 7-0, 2-0 in conference play. A lot of season left, but the Northwest Conference on the women's side looks like it's going to be a fun one to watch. Going to take another break. When we come back, we'll talk more women's basketball action, and we'll talk to another coach who got a big win yesterday. It is Rose Holman. They beat Bluffton. Now they look like they're in control of the HCAC. But again, a lot to play for. We'll find out what the engineers have got on, um, kind of on their way. What, what, what do they have this season that's going to make it so special? Amongst all the distractions. Dr. Rose Holman, women's basketball coming up. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More after this. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. This is our It's On Us pledge. It's on us to make a personal commitment to help keep all people safe from sexual assault, regardless of race, gender, sexual orientation, or ability. Not to be bystanders to the problem, but to be leaders of the solution. We invite you to join us in this campaign by informing your campuses about the It's On Us mission. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.D3Hoops.com. Cheer for the stumbles. The heat should have had bats. And the tears that linger. For in those moments, greatness lies. There, you will find the provoked, the determined, the unified. It's in those moments that champions are born. Cheer for the stumbles. The heat should have had bats. And the tears that linger. For in those moments, greatness lies. There, you will find the provoked, the determined, the unified. It's in those moments that champions are born. Cheer for the stumbles. The heat should have had bats. And the tears that linger. For in those moments, greatness lies. There, you will find the provoked, the determined, the unified. 
It's in those moments that champions are born. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you've got any questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com or join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash hoopsville. If you're wondering what I'm doing on the screen, I'm getting our tweet ready to say who's up next. Still talking women's basketball. If you haven't noticed, Rose Holman's playing some pretty good basketball this season. Um, whoops, can't even spell there as I'm trying to say. Talks about great season. Uh, great start to the season. Um, and at the same time, a big win over Bluffton on Saturday. Um, I can't apparently talk and tweet all at the same time, so I'm cheating a little bit here. Um, but anyway, you know, this is one of those things that um, the teams are looking for. They they want to start the season well. They want to start strong. Um, can they do it consistently? Well, I think the win over Bluffton shows it. Rose Holman certainly has figured out something special on their side of things. Um, and the, you know, Bluffton's been the team that was on top of the conference last year, was certainly on top of the conference to start the season. And I think the win over um, the win over Bluffton at least gives us a sense that, you know, maybe they are for real. Well, let's find out from Coach if maybe we're, we're speaking the truth or maybe we've got something else on our mind. Joining us on the City of Salem hotline is John Prevo, head coach for Rose Holman. Coach, it feels like you're having a, a, a great start and you've got something special brewing here. Is, is that fair to say? Uh, yes, it is, Dave. Uh, it's we're building off of last year. Uh, we were twenty-three and four last year. We shared the regular season conference championship with Bluffton yeah. in the Heartland Collegiate Athletic Conference, and so it was a uh, was a very good and a big win for us on Saturday to keep us undefeated in conference play and kind of leading into uh, this next week of play for us. Yeah, I mean that was the thing. You're twenty-three and four last year, and I felt like you're a little bit under the radar. Uh, you had come off a fourteen and thirteen season, ten and sixteen the year before, so building towards that one, so a huge jump, ten wins, boom, just like that, um, or nine win improvement, uh, nine game swing to twenty three and four, sixteen and two in the conference. But I did feel like you were a little bit under the radar, so I kind of had my eye on you. Seven and two start this year, you lose to DePaul, which really, in the grand scheme of things, is not really a bad loss, um, and you lost to Illinois Wesleyan. We'll talk about that one in a minute, but now you're back on that three-game winning streak, and you're in conference. You beat Mount St. Joseph, Franklin, and Bluffton to kind of gain control of this conference. There's got to be some confidence on that team right now. Oh, there is. Um, you know, the young ladies, like I said, we're building off the last year, so coming into this year, uh, we were a very confident team. Uh, we really, uh, our first seven games were all on the road, uh, so uh, our first home game, was um, against Franklin last Wednesday, and then we had Bluffton at home. So uh, out of our first nine games, we've only had two home games, and both of them have been conference games. Um, yeah, this. I thank you for mentioning the set of seven games on the road. I mean, that's tough to do in, in any situation, whether you are forced to because you need your gym redone, or in your case, it just happened to be the way the, the schedule played out. You got a big win over Texas-Dallas to start the season, and then that DePaul win the very next day. Of course, it was at their place. Then non-conference or non-division three St. Mary's Woods, and then you beat North Central uh, and North Park out in Chicago before heading south into the state to lose to Illinois Wesleyan. Can I guess that maybe the Illinois Wesleyan game was just a testament of a grind there, a part of that first six games up to that point, just being on the road and doing a lot of traveling? Yes, as it turned out, uh, we played our first six games in thirteen days. 
all on the road. Uh, we came back um, out of the Chicago trip to play in uh, North Central and North Park up there, uh, and then turning around, traveling back to Indiana uh, late Sunday. Uh, classes resuming because we're on quarters, and then going over to Illinois Wesson on Wednesday. We were a little little wore down, but I'm not going to – you know, Illinois Wesson is a very good team. I'm not going to take anything away from them. Sure. Uh, we didn't play our best, but, um, you know, I know that uh, afterwards that probably the person, the head coach at Rose Holman's early part of the season scheduling didn't do us any favors <laughs> other than the fact – other than the fact we scheduled uh, – you know, really strong teams and uh, put ourselves in a position now of playing a good non-conference schedule. Got another non-conference game with uh, Chicago, University of Chicago this Wednesday uh, to help propel us into uh, our conference play. Well, that's the thing is, <clears throat> despite the fact it's a challenge, and, and obviously, you know, six games in 13 days all on the road is tough to do, You've got a very good structured out-of-conference schedule there that's going to help with SOS and conversations down the road. DePaul, you tap in the CCIW uh, three times, especially with Illinois Wesleyan, um, and and you tap in and you get that win over, uh, you get that game with Chicago and the UAA on top of that. Um, that's, I mean, you're building something there, and to not only have that schedule to do well against it. I know you may not be thinking about March, but this is setting up nicely for March. Well, it is, uh, and that's that's way down the road for us. But it's a situation, Dave. I, I'm a great believer that if you're going to elevate your program, you're going to have to play good competition. Uh, that's the only way you're going to get better. And and you know, some years when you try to schedule games, you don't know if the team's going to be down the next year or where they're going to be. But um, you know, scheduling very good, traditionally strong programs. Uh, I think will benefit us later on, uh, not only in conference play, but potentially, like you said, uh, towards the end of the year. Um, listen, Rose Holman's a difficult school. Uh, if no one's aware, it's very much like an MIT. It's like an RIT, a, a Caltech, very much engineering-based, very challenging academically. So to be able to get students in who want to buy in and also play athletics, uh, and especially women's basketball, as you mentioned, on a quarter, so they're kind of tapping into almost every one of the quarters in some sense with this season you really got to find someone special you seem to have a couple really special players on this team we do we found um here at rose home and especially on the women's side um we've had to go out and recruit a little bit more nationally than uh like a five-state area uh we're just like most other engineering schools across the country whether it be Division One to Division Three, uh, there's going to be a smaller percentage of female yeah. um, student athletes that have an interest in that, and then can academically qualify to get in, and then someone that we think, from an athletic standpoint, fits what we're looking for then too. So we we've had to kind of cast our nets a little bit farther out there, Dave, and and I've got a, a great group of young ladies that have bought into what we're trying to do and are working extremely hard. Um, you mentioned, yeah, it's a little harder to find female student athletes interested in it. So, what's the secret? What's what are you guys saying that gets them hooked to come to RIT and and not only come or not RIT? I'm sorry, Rose Holman, RHIT, uh, but also play for you guys. Well, the biggest reason is being Division Three. You know, it's not a high aspiration of going on and playing professional basketball afterwards. Right. 
So it's a situation the education matters. Uh, we've now been, for the last 18 consecutive years, ranked the number one engineering math school in the world. So our students are getting a tremendous education. It works for them. We've got companies that are coming in that are wanting their services once they finish at Rose Holman. So that's a big selling point, not only to the family, but to uh, my players that I'm recruiting. And then also uh, the basketball part of elevating the program and, and trying to take um, our women's basketball pro- program to a new level. And these young ladies are helping do that. You have six biomedical engineering majors. Uh, you've got about four or so mechanical engineering majors. You've got four chemical engineering uh, majors, and you got an electrical engineering major. I mean, just looking at what they're studying makes me feel inferior. Um, it's impressive that they have the time to do it. What's the secret to balancing the time? Well, everyone at Rose Holman is doing that. In other words, right. every one of their teammates are taking challenging uh, class loads. Uh, so we're, we, we're able to balance that because this is my 23rd year here at Rose Holman. I understand the demands that they're going through in the academic part of it. Uh, so it's also a situation of, I think it's a good balance of a release from the athletic standpoint when they're up in the classroom and then when they're down with the athletic part of it, it's a release from the academic part. All their teammates' time restraints are all the same. Uh, there's a great support staff here at Rose Holman uh, that helps our students as a whole to make sure that they're put in a position to succeed, uh, not only with um, the academic part of it, but their uh, extracurricular activities, whether it be uh, being a, a student athlete or clubs and organizations on our campus. So it's a great fit uh, for the right person, and it provides them tremendous opportunities after four years at Rose Holman. Um, you know, we talk about the balancing a little bit here, and, and obviously as a student athlete, you know, a lot going on. Uh, and obviously in Division Three, we, we celebrate that. You only have two seniors on this squad. So at the same time, you're kind of young. So they're all kind of learning the ropes, as it were, or they've, or they've just started to learn the ropes. Uh, two seniors, as I mentioned, two juniors. The rest are sophomore and freshmen. Is there a little bit of, of, of maybe trial by error a little bit for this team as well? Um, no. My sophomore class were freshmen last year, were major contributors. Uh, one of the things is my upperclassmen do a great job in taking the leadership roles and then really um, expressing to all the young ladies, hey, this is what Rose Holman is. This is how the program is. This is how it's structured. You know, kind of what we're trying to do both offensively and defensively of, of making sure that the young kids are buying into it much like they were when they were freshmen and the upperclassmen were getting them uh, to buy into what we're trying to do from a basketball standpoint. And then also, I think it's great chemistry. Um, I have uh, some young ladies that really enjoy being around each other that really cherish the moments that they share with each other and are there uh, assisting and helping each other on a daily basis. You may have what may be one of the more special players that I see statistically here, a sophomore in Allie Bromenschenkel. Um, started and played in all nine games so far this season. She's averaging nearly a double-double, 15 points a game, eight rebounds a game, an assist a game. 
Um, a, more than a steal a game, more than a block a game. Shoots 56-plus percent from the floor, 80% from the free throw line. She's significantly the leading scorer. She's 15 points a game, and, and Josie Smith, the senior at 8.1, is next on the line. What is it about Allie that, that – I mean, she's 5'11", uh, so obviously we're talking about an inside player here, but what is it about Allie that is that is working out so well, especially early in this season? Yeah. Allie's the 6'1". Her sister, Abby, is the 5'11". Oh, thank you. And yeah. everything. So, no, no, that's all right. And you got the last name right, too, Bromachinkel. Thank you. Which everyone struggles with that. It's so a long I will one. Give you kudos, <laughs> I will give you kudos for that. Um, she really understands the game. She has a great feel for the game. Uh, she's long. She's athletic. Uh, she handles it. She can step out and shoot the three. Uh, so she she causes a lot of matchup problems for our opponents. She's very unselfish. Uh, she lets the game come to her. She gets uh, effort plays, uh, which you know someone that uh, is your leading scorer a lot of times. Uh, they're not willing to do a lot of the the blue collar work, but Allie is. Uh, so I, I think that kind of what's what makes her a little special uh, compared to other uh, star players. Well, it's certainly impressive to see her stats. Um, and then her sister, if anybody is curious, um, is uh, let's see the twin. I assume they're twins. Six point one points a game. They are. And uh, two point seven rebounds a game. I mean, talk about twin towers. You literally using the term six one and five eleven. Um, and, and matchups certainly going to be the key to get through this. HCAC schedule this season. Obviously, you're off to a good start at three and zero, and you're on top of the conference. It is a log jam behind you. Five teams at two and one: Bluffton, Transylvania, Franklin, Hanover, and Anderson. And we've seen from a lot of those Bluffton and Transylvania, especially, that they are very good teams, especially late in the season. I know it's big to get that win uh, early over Franklin. You've got Transylvania though lurking after that Chicago game. How big is that Transylvania game next Saturday? Well, it's huge. Um, you know, right before we break for Christmas, that'll be our last game before we break for Christmas and then bring them out back after the holidays. So we, we can put ourselves in a very good position, uh, with the first part of our conference, uh, season. And really we talk about our conference scene being broken down into three parts. It's that first part before we break for Christmas. Then it's immediately coming back that month of January. Um, all huge conference games there. And then the last month of February there before our conference tournament. So we, we kind of break it down into a third and then we just kind of process that one game at a time and a third at a time. And, and before you know it, it all adds up. That's what it did for us last year. And, and we're looking at trying to do the same thing this year. Um, big game, obviously, coming up against Chicago as well on Wednesday in non-conference play. Again, that kind of goes to that statement. You're playing some really good teams. What do you expect out of uh, the Maroons, and, and what do you think you can do to, to maybe even get a win over them? Well, uh, of course, we just we just finished playing Saturday Bluffton, so I've really started diving into uh, Chicago today. Uh, they're very long. They're athletic. Uh, they really spread the floor. They really try to attack uh, off the dribble and then kick out the shooters and so forth. So we're, we're going to have to really, uh, as we call it, uh, limit lane touches as much as we can and make them more of a perimeter-oriented team if we can and keep the dribble penetration, limit that as much. Uh, I think it'll be a great matchup. It's a huge challenge for us. Uh, you know, a great program coming from the UAA. Uh, had great tradition up there at the University of Chicago. So... 
uh, it, it'll be a big game for us. I know we're excited about it. I think the University of Chicago is excited, too. Uh, so um, we'll know more after Wednesday how we stack up. Yeah, certainly going to keep an eye on, on, on your team here. I, I'm fascinated to see how it plays out. You guys have obviously off to a tremendous start. Um, and and I'm, I'm, I just love how this HCAC could play out this year on top of all of that. Um, how do you, I guess, with the distractions, you talk about finals. You got Chicago. You got Transylvania ahead. You just got off the Bluffton game. The holidays are around. How do you keep them focused? Well, um, the biggest thing is we, we try not to get too far ahead. We basically just talk one game. We talk about... Um, you know, it's a process, and to achieve what our expectations and goals that we set uh, at the beginning of the year, then we revisit them every so often to see if, if those are still uh, our expectations and our goals. Uh, it's basically not trying to get too far ahead, uh, talk about one, one opponent at a time, um, you know, still working on ourselves, getting better in certain uh, aspects, we don't definitely want to be a finished product now. We want to be a finished product uh, once February rolls around, mid-February, and then really kind of turn it on at that point. Uh, it is a grind, um, and sometimes more at uh, a school like ours because of different uh, challenges they have to face on a daily basis with some of the curriculum activities that are involved in that. So, yes, it is, you know, we just... We're on quarter, so that opening weekend over at DePaul, we had just finished finals. So not only playing six days uh, in 13 or six games in 13 days, but coming off the finals, and our finals are not easy. But uh, I think our, my young ladies are up for the challenge. I think uh, they're excited uh, so far, but they also understand that we haven't accomplished anything yet. That is true. There's a lot of basketball still to be played, but obviously off to a pretty good start. Obviously with the win over Bluffton, looking forward to seeing how the week plays out. Coach, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. I really do appreciate it. Um, as always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Uh, no, just appreciate uh, you showing interest, uh, not only uh, in Rose Holman Institute of Technology and, and our women's basketball program here, but also the Heartland Conference. I know that uh, you know, uh, I think we've got some really good, talented teams in our conference. I think, uh, you know, we're on an upswing there. I know our basketball program at Rose Holman is on an upswing, and uh, we're expecting to have another great year and, and build off of that also. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Like you said, it does seem like it's on an upswing, and that just makes it more fun to watch, especially in a very crowded Great Lakes. Thanks again for taking the time. Good luck uh, this week especially. Good luck the rest of the season, and, and happy holidays, Coach. Same to you, Dave. Thank you. Coach Prado, uh-huh. joining us here from uh, Rose Holman, women's team. Again, on top of the conference, excuse me, a 3-0, and 4-2. and um, Big game against Chicago coming up, and big game against Transylvania back in conference play on Saturday. I hinted at it at the beginning. I mean, that's a really good strength of schedule game on the outside. You may see an extra team in the HCAC if things play out a certain way here. 
Um, and again, Bluffton's playing well this year. Transylvania has been in the mix in the last few years. Um, this HCAC, I, I agree with Coach, seems to be a bit on an upswing. We're going to take another break. When we come back, we'll repeat a bit of what we talked about in the first 10 minutes, where some of you may not have been able to hear it uh, due to the fact that I can't hit buttons apparently correctly. We'll also give you an update on our schedule for the rest of the of this side of Christmas, remind you of what is ahead, um, also in Vegas especially, uh, and other stuff. So uh, stay tuned. We're going to wrap up the show here momentarily. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC Studios. More Hoops will after this. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. We've got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games, leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. As we wrap up tonight's show, I want to thank our guests, and we will at the later for coming on. I want to thank you for tuning in as well. Seems like our Facebook Live show has uh, become a little bit more popular on this Sunday evening. We will keep up that simulcast throughout the rest of the year and hope you find a way. We may even throw in a few extra shows. There has been talk behind the scenes of, of trying to augment with a little bit more without trying to kill ourselves either. Two shows a week is a lot of work, especially when... You know, this isn't necessarily our jobs. Um, and so we've, but we've debated, you know, when the new top 25s come out, is it worth coming on and, and doing a quick little story about that? Getting reactions maybe um, for myself or others. Uh, obviously, I write my blog each week, but sometimes it might be faster just to do it via video and then just include it with the blog. So 
you know, we're, we're trying to figure some of those things out. Um, but again, this Facebook Live option is certainly going to expand our audience. We hope you enjoy it as well. Of course, on YouTube, we started the show a little bit late. I apologize, as with the podcast. So everything we talked about then, we're going to kind of rehash now. A lot of it had to do with the top 25. Um, you know, there's a lot to talk about there, um, trying to figure out what's going on, trying to read the tea leaves, as it were. As it were. Um, I know, you know, one voter at least is like, well, maybe I maybe I keep Babson number one, despite the loss to Augustana. I mean, to, to Amherst, I apologize. And some people might go, what? But but Amherst beat him. Yeah, well, yeah, but in double overtime at Amherst, you know, there's sometimes a way of looking into that going, well, if that was at Babson, Babson probably wins it, right? Or if it was on a neutral court, Babson probably wins that, right? I mean, I've gone in thinking Babson was the better team. I didn't necessarily think coming out of that Amherst is the better team. I think they're very close to each other. I don't think Babson's head and shoulder or Amherst's head and shoulders better than Babson. But as we talked about on Thursday, we had to wait out to figure out what Marietta was going to do. If Marietta had beaten John Carroll, throws another monkey into the wrench or mo- another monkey wrench into the works, and you got to figure out what to do with that one. But Marietta loses to John Carroll. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm shocked by that. As I said at the beginning of the show, if you were able to hear it or not, you know, I was told by a few people that as good as A.J. Edwards is as Marietta, he's going to struggle against John Carroll inside. They've got better, they got bigger size, they've got longer abilities. It's just a different game against John Carroll. Looks like they got their shooting figured out, maybe at least for one game. They're back into a mix about three and four. They're not going to make the top 25 necessarily with that win over Marietta, but it's going to go a long way to getting them back in the top 25 if they can keep on winning. Um... And so I'm not necessarily going to demote Marietta for that loss either, especially being at John Carroll, a campus that was rather excited considering how football was doing at the time. So no, I'm not going to punish Marietta. So that gets me back to the conversation of, you know, do I go with Amherst, who 19 first place voters or 19 voters went with first place, or do I stick with my Babson pick? Or is there somebody else out there that I think is worthy? I don't think I've got anybody that high that I think should go into the top 25, but Rochester's still undefeated. You know, there's other teams out there that are still undefeated that I think certainly deserve maybe a second look. Are they as good? Maybe not. I don't know. I've got a little under 24 hours to figure this all out. But here's here's what I can tell you. I don't know if I remove my first place vote from Babson and go to Amherst or go to somebody else. Um... And, and don't try and read the tea leaves on me right now. I really don't know what I'm going to do. I think it, it, five minutes ago, I could have told you I was going to go with Amherst. Five minutes before that, I could have told you I'm staying with Babson. Five minutes before that, I could tell you I'm looking for somebody else. Um, if Marietta had won, they would have been in the mix for that number one vote. And I probably would have been more keen to going to them as I have them ahead of Amherst. So that was, that's what's trickier for me. You know, There's 19 first place voters out there for Amherst. But the rest of us, the six of us who didn't vote for Amherst number one, don't necessarily have Amherst number two. I have Amherst number three. Marietta is number two. I know somebody else who has Amherst number nine. So, you know, there's no default there necessarily. I might have to move Marietta down one spot just to fit Babson and Amherst in ahead of them if I feel... They're both better than Marietta. It's a tough one. I don't think, listen, last year, 
Augustana lost, and I left them number one. I think it surprised some people, but I expected Am- uh, Augustana to lose last year. I did not expect Augustana, just as I did not expect Babson this year, to go through the season undefeated. If a voter is voting for a team number one because they feel they're going to go undefeated through the season, fine. But I am not one of those voters. I am not going to sit here and tell you that who I think is number one will go undefeated through a season. I think that's a disservice in some way for me. I don't, I don't like voting that way. And I've done it before. I have precedent to leave Babson number one. Now, the difference was Augustana lost to a team that was significantly behind them, if even in the top 25. I don't remember who it was. Off the top of my head, I want to say it was Illinois Wesleyan. Or no, it was Elmer's. And Elmer's actually moved up in the poll as a result of it. But I kept Augustana number one. I, the difference is Babson lost to a team I have number three. That, that just makes it different. So I don't know what to do necessarily. Uh, but the top 25 is going to be interesting. Someone else threw out teams that, you know, there's other teams out there that are undefeated that are not in the poll. If you look at the top 25 from last week, you know, Whitewater's still undefeated, 7-0. I just read a tweet. Best start since the 2012-2013 season. So best start in four years. Um, but they're not the Whitewater of that last championship. Or, or, or are they? Augustana is off to a great start this season, despite how much they lost. New Jersey City is off to a good start. I should mention, by the way, Taziah Hill, or Taziah Hall, I should say, a freshman for that team. If I have this info right, and I apologize, I, I meant to have it right in front of me, uh, and I didn't, but give me a moment here. Um, just looking for it. Here we go. Um here it is hold on oh i was looking for another note i apologize there's something else Uh, i'll find it but he scored something like 30 points and i think it's the most a freshman has scored i I could be wrong but you know new jersey city's having a great season skidmore they're killing me uh (laughs) a couple losses this week um Middlebury may be ending up having a, an interesting season this year. Scranton, by the way, took their first loss. I don't know if they'll keep getting. Wesleyan is 9-0. and You know, Whitman, by the way, I forgot about Whitman. Whitman is continuing to march along. They're fourth in the top 25, and now they're 6-0. and um, Don't forget they beat Whitworth. Um, so they're having a tremendous start to this season. Um, Salisbury, 7-0. and We mentioned that. So... I think there's a lot of questions for top 25 voters. The ballot is in. I can print it right now if I want to. I can start doing that research, and I may start doing it tonight when I sit down and relax and watch a football game. But um, it's it's there's a lot of teams this year on the men's side. A lot. And on the women's side, it's a little bit more status quo. There weren't as many losses on the women's side of the top 25, and we're used to that to some extent. Um, there was two losses in the entire top 25 this week. Rochester lost to Ithaca to fall a 6-2, 73-67. And Wheaton lost to, to number 10 Oshkosh. So somebody in the top 25 had it was going to lose that one. 65-53. In those receiving votes, River Falls lost to Northland and Catholic lost to Salisbury. That's it. So out of the 38 team, 35, 36, 37 teams who are receiving top 25 votes, meaning in the top 25 are receiving votes, there were four losses, and one of them was expected. You compare that to the men's side, and it's just different. Um, let's see here. 
Uh, I'm going back to it. Here we go. So on the men's side, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 losses in the top 25 itself. Of those receiving votes, and there are 49 total teams, nearly 50 teams voters are considering for the top 25. Nine more losses. So of the top 25, there's 15. Of the 49, there was 24 losses. That's a lot to try and read through and figure out. It's just not that easy. Um, I, I... you know, I don't know. I, I don't. It's 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 challenging, and and it starts right at the top. For those who are voting for Amherst number one, they don't have to change their vote. And I'll be honest, yeah, Amherst looked good. You know, it's very hard to read into the purple and white team when trying to understand what's going on when they play pretty easy schedule to start. But then they hit a game like that, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, pretty good. I, it's it's just it's interesting. It, it's just interesting. Uh, scheduling notes. Let's talk about that. Uh, we will not be on the air Thursday. We are going to be down in Salem yet again. Uh, this time for the football, we'll have the Glardy Trophy on Wednesday and the championship on Friday, which makes Thursday a very, very, very busy day for us. Um, you just don't have time to do a show. I apologize. We have actually tried it in the past, and it's just too much to try and pull off. Um, so... We apologize for that. However, unlike years past, we are able to get back and do a show on Sunday. Normally, Sunday's right before Christmas, and there's just not enough going on and too wiped out. I may still be wiped out, uh, but we'll be back in time on Saturday at least, early enough to be able to put a show together on Sunday. That will be our last show for the holidays. We will not try and do a show on the 22nd. I'd like to spend some time with the family, if you don't mind. Uh, as a result, we'll go two and a half weeks before our next show, which is on the 5th. Um, certainly nothing wrong with that because we will be at the D3Hoops.com Classic, uh, the 7th annual D3Hoops.com Classic. We have six games on the 28th, six games on the 29th, and just two games on the 30th. I think the D3Hoops.com crew will celebrate on the 30th. Um, if you are anywhere near Vegas... Head to the South Point Arena and watch these games. It's certainly worth it. If you are not, we will web stream those games. Pat Coleman, myself, Gordon Mann. Uh, Pat will be joining us to help us out. Um, we may find another soul to help us as well. Uh, but we will get things started at 1 o'clock Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Um, out in Vegas. Again, Simpson versus Lewis and Clark. That will get ourselves going bunch of good basketball to take place there as a result though we always try and do interviews with at least one person from out there uh, from each team whether it be a coach or a student athlete so look for those as kind of the d3 hoop side of things out there uh, i'm gonna double check make sure we don't have any other questions uh, from anybody if you do tweet us at d3 hoops or hashtag hoopsville email us hoopsville at d3 hoops.com or join us on facebook facebook.com slash hoopsville that's how you can interact with us. I don't see any other questions, so I think we'll probably wrap it up from here. Hope you enjoyed today's show. We certainly covered a lot. Um, we're going to be covering more as it goes. Don't forget, we'll be back on the air after next Sunday on January 5th, which is a Thursday, and we then run our, the gamut uh, all the way through the rest of the season on almost every Sunday and Thursday. There may be in a couple couple occasions like a Sunday show where we may have to move it to Monday due to travel. We're still trying to figure out where we may go a couple times this season. Um, once or twice is what our goal is. Also, don't forget the Hoopsville Marathon show coming up. Um, we're debating between January 22nd and February 
January 26th and February 2nd. We'll let you know when we get closer as to when that show will take place. Uh, I think we're going to be on the I think we're going to be on the second. Um, but just in case it may move back. Also, um, don't forget, we will be starting fundraising campaigns as we have in the past. We're just trying to try and do it a little bit different. Lost quite a few fees last year um, through Indiegogo. And they'd like to avoid losing 20% of the money that we raise. Um, but don't, we have sent this out to a few people and we're going to start doing a bigger push. If anyone interested in advertising on the show from colleges or conferences, contact us. Also, anybody interested in decorating our set? Send it to us. We know of a couple schools who've said they may send us stuff. We'd look forward to seeing that, and we'll put it up. Notice the Brockport jersey over our shoulder. We will find a more permanent home for that as well. That's going to do it for us. We're going to sign off and get going because, well, at this point, we're just repeating ourselves. Um, if you have questions when we're not on the air, or if you have guest ideas that you'd like to send our way, please do so. Email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. You can also tweet us at d3hoopsville or hashtag hoopsville. We are on Instagram, though it's usually for promotional reasons, but you can contact us there at d3hoopsville and hashtag hoopsville as well. And, of course, you can also join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash hoopsville, which we are, as I see on the monitor, successfully Facebook live streaming as well. And I want to thank everybody who checked out the show tonight as well. We'll be back on the air again on next Sunday at 7 o'clock Eastern Time. Looking forward to that. Wrapping some what should be some big games this week as well. And of course, at the same time, we will be off on Thursday. If you get a chance, check out the Stag Bowl and Gallardi Trophy presentations. Gallardi Trophy is on Wednesday, and we start about 7.30, 7.45, depending on when the dinner is underway. And of course, the Stag is at 7 o'clock on Friday. Uh, here's the trick with that. Watch it on ESPNU, but mute the audio. Nothing against their broadcasters, but you know the D3 football guys are going to have it better covered. So go over to their audio broadcast and sync it up and enjoy the game there. But make sure to check out D3Football.com for all of that. It's a good due diligence to make sure our partners over there get some attention this time of season. Two new teams. We have not seen a non-Whitewater or a non-Mount Union combo of teams there I don't know how long. I, ha I, I, I had the number five minutes ago. Mary Harden Baylor, congratulations to the Crusaders. And Osh Wisconsin Oshkosh, con congratulations to the Titans. It'll be Crusaders and Titans to win the national championship. Still one purple team, though. We can't escape purple. But it'll be fun to see two new teams in Salem. And with that, we're going to sign off. I want to thank all of our guests for tonight. Thanks to Andrew who came on from Salisbury. You should have mentioned he also came on last minute to fill in for a guest that fell through. Tom Slider, nice to get him back on the show after seven years out of North Park. I want to thank Lori um, Coach. <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm bad. Tongue-tongue. Thanks you to Coach Lori Payne from Puget Sound is what I was trying to say. Thank you for coming on the show. And John Prevo from uh, Rose Holman. Great to have them all on the show. Thanks to their SIDs for their assistance as well. That's going to do it for us. Thanks again to our partners, WBCA, NABC, and D3Hoops.com for their support of the show as well. Podcast and art and video archive will be up as soon as we can make it. And listen to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA, NABC studios. We'll be back on the air next Sunday, 7 o'clock Eastern time. Hope you enjoyed the show. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Email us as well. We love interacting with you, and the Division Three season is fully underway now. No excuse to catch up on Division Three hoops. You've got to watch. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, and have a good evening.